Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Uncultured Cinematic Universe. Here we discuss your favorite movies of all time, as well as the ones that got away. We look at classic and iconic films from two perspectives, that of the diehard fan and that of the uncultured who's never seen it before, until now. We're your hosts, Joe and Justin, here to act as your guides, playing part as both the fellow enthusiast and the ignorant and uncultured. Today we'll be setting sail for adventure and riches on the high seas with our best friends, and maybe along the way developing trust issues for parental figures. <laughs> it's 1996's Muppet Treasure Island. Let's get into it. Yay. I want to know more about that last line. <laughs> trust issues with parental figures? Is it because is it because Tim Curry turns out to be the bad guy? That's exactly why. How many... Okay, so Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island. Obviously based on Treasure Island, which is based on... Robert Louis Stevenson's brain. Correct. How many iterations of Treasure Island have you viewed or consumed? Have you ever like read the book or anything like that? No. And um, so I'm very like surface level familiar with Treasure Island. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how much of it is rooted in fact or fiction, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, this is a very specific call out in memory that I have specifically around this movie uh and it involves you i think this was like two or three years ago when we were working in person remember those days when we were used to work in the same building for those together? who don't know justin and i used to work together as if you couldn't infer from what i was talking about i like to um, i like to let the viewers know yeah we got to let them know so uh at that time ryan and i were watching uh black sales a premium <laughs> television like i think it's on showtime that's the 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 stars show right yeah i think it was yeah stars or showtime one of those um game of thrones style you know a lot of a lot of sex and boobs and wieners and sword fights and stuff like that but it's around the story and the the lore of treasure island which i didn't know at the time i was just like oh cool it's a pirate show and ryan had seen it before and she's like it's really awesome you know i made her watch all of game of thrones and she's like cool now we're going to do the same thing with <laughs> with black sales so i remember we were in the office one day and we were just talking about what we're whatever we're watching and i was like yeah we're watching this show called black sales i don't know if anyone's ever seen it before and joe you go is that the one with like billy bones and stuff and i was like oh have you seen it have you seen it because there is a character in there called billy bones it's cool have you seen it and you're like no i haven't seen it the only I only know Billy Bones from Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right. Having seen Muppet Treasure Island, you can understand how I'd, I would immediately make that connection. The way that these Muppets say Billy Bones. Billy Bones. But oh, yeah, like, Billy Bones. considering the compendium of everything surrounding uh, Treasure Island, mm -hmm. you know, I, I haven't touched on a whole lot of books or media or stuff like that. This one and Black Sails. Uh, have been my only touch point. And actually, incidentally, you and I talked about this earlier today about uh, different various uh, Disney movies and DreamWorks movies, one of them being Treasure Planet, mm -hmm. which I had never seen before. And it just hit me today. I was like, oh, is that is that even based on Treasure Island? And you said, oh, boy, it is, but it's in space. So Treasure Planet, we're absolutely going to have to do as like a little mini episode at some point as like a follow up yeah. to this because it is... It is this same story. This is this is kind of the classic pirate story for me. Yeah. Um, anytime there's 
a like X marks the spot type map where treasure is buried on an island. Uh, you could even call it Treasure Island. Um, <laughs> it's it's always stemming from this story for me, in my opinion. Yeah. So Robert Louis Stevenson writes this in like the late 1800s. Um, as far as I know, I'm I'm I don't know how much he's pulling from historical fact, uh, like for the names of these people versus like um, they're just purely fictional. Um, but there's been multiple iterations of this story through the years. It's It's been a movie a million times. Um, obviously, there's the Muppet version. Um, and there's the Disney version, which they set in kind of a alternative, futuristic uh, timeline. But, like, it's in space, but they're still on a ship with sails. Like, that's as much as I'll say. But, like, okay. the way that they do it is very interesting. Yeah. They're dealing with a lot of the same type of stuff that you would deal with at sea. But it's literally just, like, space. And they just don't really comment on the fact that, like, there's no air. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you can, like, suspend your disbelief for that much, it gets really cool. Like, it's such a cool movie. I don't know if I can do that, you know. Disney. It was like, also they took one step too far. bomb. Um, yeah so it kind of led to the death of 2d animation across the board but i I understand that it is kind of like a sleeper cult hit that like yes there are like hardcore stands for that movie so yeah i'm excited to to kind of do that one i Um, love treasure planet and like kind of circling back to where we started like every iteration of the story has that jim hawkins character and the long john silver character you know of the eponymous um uh fish restaurant um (laughs) And I was waiting for that the whole time throughout the movie. I was like, when does he go and start a restaurant and franchises? I was waiting for it. It starts on that island at the end. (laughs) Um, But their their relationship kind of forms the core of this because he's kind of this terrifying. Long John is kind of this terrifying um, character because he starts off as this um, seemingly good guy. But then you realize he's. Uh, been leader of the crew since the beginning. Um, he was kind of part of the old crew with the aforementioned, like Captain Flint, who buried yeah. the treasure. And so, he's secretly like the the one that they fear the most on this boat. But he gets disarmed in a way, and like there's a there's a cool um, level of character development in the way that his relationship with Jim progresses in each of these iterations of the story. Sometimes mm-hmm. stories kind of lean into it more uh, or less. Um, so like, like, like in the treasure planet movie, that part is definitely leaned into pretty heavily how, like, you don't really know if he's using Jim just to get to the map or if he's actually developing like an actual connection with this little kid. And he's got like uh, a little bit of a heart of gold. Um, love that. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, uh, the, the only example that kind of jumps into my brain. It's, it's a movie I haven't seen, but I know it's been done a lot, but it's mm-hmm. that same kind of dynamic of like, um, true grit I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. that, but it's like that. Uh, it's kind of like Last of Us, that kind of thing of like a grizzled old person trying to get to a thing, but you got to use the young person, the young whippersnapper. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a trope as tale as old as time. You it's know? a classic combination and it can't fail. But yeah, so this was really exciting for me because I'm not too familiar, you know, like I said, with the whole story and the lore of uh, Treasure Island. So I was genuinely surprised. Okay. To find out that I was like, oh, cool. It's like Tim Curry. He's he's going to like partner up with this kid. And I was like, oh, wait, uh, he's the he's the bad guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so like it was I went this along is, with the journey with the kid. 
this is obviously a heavily comedic movie. Um, we're in a Muppet miniseries. We'll get into the Muppets of it all. But like, there's versions of this story that are that have like kind of like intense scenes when the when the turn happens um, because there's there's basically like a mutiny at the center of this story. Right. And all of the build up to that uh, is Jim developing a relationship with this guy who he then realizes is like the devil on the ocean. Right. Um, and then there's the fallout from that. Um, but let's 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 back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are in. Uh, Muppet Mayhem, our May miniseries focusing on Muppets, yep. and this is our second film, second and last film in that miniseries where we are actually focusing on like capital M Muppets. Our previous yeah. film was Labyrinth, which was kind of Jim Henson early to mid years. This is actually this movie comes out uh, a few years after Jim Henson dies, yep. but. Uh, I'll get to the stats, but it's directed by Brian Henson, who is his son. Um, so kind of comes from a puppeteering family. I think Brian Henson also directed the Muppet Christmas Carol as well. Yep. So this this movie kind of exists at the at a cross section of um, Jim Henson's no longer directing, but his son is taking over. And then also, like, the Jim Henson Company is slowly but surely being acquired by Disney. And yep. you can maybe see that evolution happen where um, you have the Muppets existing on The Muppet Show and then into Sesame Street. And then once they get into theatrical films, there's kind of like a trilogy of Muppet movies released in the late 70s and 80s mm-hmm. where it's the Muppet movie, um, Great Muppet Caper, I think, and then Muppets Take Manhattan that are more original stories centering around these Muppets. And then as you get into the nineties, they become more parody stories. And so you get like Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island. Um, Muppets in space uh, isn't really a parody, but it's more just like the Gonzo backstory. That's where they really decide to dig in on Gonzo (laughs) um, and figure out what he is. Um, That's a fun one. And then going into the two thousands, they kind of get fully acquired by Disney um, there's multiple like television shows, animated shows. Um, and then they, there's obviously the, the reboot with the theatrical films a couple years or a few years back at this point with yeah. the Muppets and then Jason Siegel and Jason Siegel, Amy Adams, Amy Adams yeah. all that, yep. which was well received. So obviously like rich history here, definitely ingrained in American culture. We're getting fully into the Muppets as a franchise, which is, um, kind of, inescapably tied hand in hand with Sesame Street as a franchise. So I wanted to get into that first talking about like your history with Muppets because I never really watched Sesame Street too much growing up. So I'm more familiar with like the Kermit side of things. Where, where did you land on that? I know I watched Muppets growing up, like the Muppet show. um, Cause I know that my dad grew up with it and loved it. But I don't have any memory of it. But I know that for sure that I obviously would have watched it at. It must my, have been around. Yeah, at my grandmother's house, at my great grandmother's house, we would have watched it. It was just there. Um, my dad and his mom, my grandmother, you know, um, they grew up in, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, up in that area. So when we would go and visit, we would go to my great grandmother's house, and I remember sitting on the floor, kind of just watching whatever. Um, so it surely had to have come up there. But yeah, so my grandmother was kind of, um, is, she's still here, uh, you know, kind of like theatrical kind of person. She's big and loud and she's hilarious. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have great memories of her of like trying to get me out of my shell to kind of like lean into acting or silly things like that. 
Hell so yeah. it was definitely in the DNA, but I don't have any specific memory to it. Uh, I also know that I definitely watched Sesame Street growing up, but similar story. I don't have defined, hardened memories around it, but I know it was there because like that's children's programming, primo, er, late 80s, early 90s. Like that's what you're going to be shoving in front of your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the earliest memory that I do have from Muppets, and I think we touched on this last episode, uh, was Muppet Babies, mm-hmm. which is a television show. This I is think, a blind spot for me. Yeah, so like it's had a couple iterations. It was like in the mid '80s or whatever, but it went into syndication on Nickelodeon, I think, or Nick Jr. or whatever it was at the time in like 1991 or 92, which was like primo for me. Um, I remember watching that. And is the concept like pre-Rugrats just like babies having adventures, but they're kind of in, in the house the whole time? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like okay. there's like a mom character or like a lady, like a nanny character or whatever. And I'm sure you've seen it. Like it's just her legs. You you never see any. It's a disembodied the, set of legs. The relationship between humans and animals in the Muppets world, you can't dig into. very. You far. can't. Yeah. You're like Rolf. The dog is humongous. Either that or he's very small dog. Or yeah, yeah. Or or Kermit is a gigantic frog. You know, <laughs> the this the proportions aren't there. But um, yeah. So that's my like touch point to like my early um, memories of Muppets. And obviously, we've talked talked about it a bunch. That like my daughter is super into Muppets right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we watch Muppets or Sesame Street. You know, uh, every single day for mm-hmm. at least an hour. Every single day, there's an hour time slot where we watch Sesame Street. And we went through the whole back catalog. We're, we're almost caught up. So we're about to start all over again. And Sesame uh, Street is like ongoing, right? Like they are releasing new episodes. Oh, yeah. New episodes, new cast members, new Muppets introduced all the time. It's super cool. This but, is, I mean, this is what I always wonder. Like, what is the crossover between muppets and sesame street like are, do any of these characters ever make it onto that show absolutely there there has it hasn't happened in a long time but like in the 90s um kermit would show up uh, and mm-hmm. in the 80s too kermit would show up every so often and do he would show up as like a news reporter on sesame street of him with like the k and stuff like, yeah it's he's doing letters yeah it's great he's he shows up every so often but he's like really the only one that kind of bleeds into it Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if the opposite is true. I don't know if any of the Sesame Street gang has ever ended up in on you know the Muppet stage, as it were. Well, I wonder if like Tim Curry or Kermit the Frog was top billed on this movie on like the call sheet. You know, uh, yes, I know. Yeah. I, who got I the bigger trailer? Who? Yeah, who? Who definitely did? Who got their own kind of like concessions kind of a thing who walked away with the bigger paycheck right that's that's what i'm curious for but like another thing i definitely want to talk about is um the the sheer excitement in ryan's voice when we were concepting out like we're gonna do these themes you know for this for 2023 and this kind of stuff and you know we're gonna land on maybe we'll do muppets and she was like shut up we're gonna do muppets that means we get to watch muppet movies all month long and i was like baby of course and it's uh she is so excited like i legitimately have married a muppet has Uh, what what is her experience with muppets had she seen treasure island oh yeah she's seen all of these prior to and she's you know the whole back catalog okay of of all the stuff and she she is the one who has the the hardened core memories of like, Oh yeah, I remember watching Sesame street all the time growing up and all this kind of stuff and the Muppet show and all this, she knows all the songs, you know, 
And she dances like a Muppet. And it's mm-hmm. the cutest thing. And I love it so much. It's like cool Pixar. I mean, like you guys give off like a cool Muppet energy. Um, it's like kids, but with a little bit of edge to it. It's funny. Yeah, there's it's it's definitely like kid presenting. But like if you listen, there's like some some good adult jokes in there, too. You know? Oh, there's a dick joke in this movie that I want to talk about. And I don't know if you missed it. I probably did miss it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so the Muppets, uh, I never really watched the Muppet show entirely, but like, uh, from what I understand, like that was like a prime time, like just variety show, like, like Saturday Night Live. Like it wasn't, uh, shown in the morning on like the kids hour or anything like that. Like they would have guests on and do sketches. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've, I've heard my dad like recite to me like, oh, I remember like the first episode of when it, mm-hmm. when it came on and it was mind blowing because nothing had ever done that before. Yeah, I was I was looking online on it, and like the way they describe it, in addition to sketches, is like burlesque style comedy, which makes so much sense. Like how there's such a mixture of just like singing and dancing, but also just like the way that they move is so expressive, and their bodies as puppets are so much a part of it. I know Um, it's so great. It's it's genius, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to. mm -hmm. And I touched on the last episode. It's just like. Sure, yeah, it's for kids or whatever, and it's, you know, it's rudimentary, puppetry, whatever you want to call it. It's felt and whatever, but it's still really impressive the way that they're able to emote yeah. and, you know, get all these kinds of complex emotions and stuff across from just, like, this simple, lifeless thing, and, and it's really, really impressive. It is impressive in, I mean, if you think about it, like... Aside from like the the cartoon Muppet Babies and maybe some of like the the Disney Channel cartoons these days, like Muppets have retained puppetry and physical um, media in a way that like other franchises maybe haven't. Like these days, if a kids franchise is getting remade, it may be more animated. It may be like three D. It looks like Frozen or something like that. Whereas the Muppets have been able to uh, show success with puppetry, which seems old fashioned uh, in a way that like keeps that going into the, you know, the 2020s. Like it puppetry is alive and well because of the Muppets, even though you can literally see the strings in this movie, which I love. I know it's great, right? See, Joe, like this is what we missed out on by not going to the Center for Puppetry Arts in You're Midtown hold Atlanta. This over my goddamn head again. I know because there's like the history of Muppet or puppeting is mm-hmm. you know it, it's as old as civilization, really. You know, it's it's making shadow puppets on cave walls using it's, it's fire, like yeah, right. <laughs> it's Plato. <laughs> it's it's and that's why I think it it has a st- uh, it's lasted the the test of time. Because it's something that kids and anybody can emulate themselves in their room mm-hmm. after they watch. You can't emulate a cartoon or a transformer or hop into a, a Barbie's Corvette in your room. Like you can pretend in a cardboard box, but like you can make your own sock puppet, mm-hmm. right? And have a conversation with it. I mean, like it's, I think that's the magic of it. And I think the way that these Muppet movies and like Jim Henson movies in general have always taken advantage of that is that these movies are never 100% puppetry. It's always humans mixed in with puppets. And so having that physical presence of a puppet and not like a CGI 
uh, puppet that you're kind of playing off against a tennis, you're acting against a tennis ball. Yeah. Um, makes it so much more real. Like Tim Curry is able to give this kind of zany performance where he's a hundred percent locked in because he actually is surrounded by these things and he's able to look them in the eye. Right. He that's definitely keep going forward. He definitely puts his whole Tim Cussy in it. <laughs> I, I, I love his performance in this, uh, to, to bring it back around, you know, mm. like that's, that's always something that I've, um, that stands out to me like now at modern times watching either even older um, Muppet pieces, television, movies or whatever. Yeah. The, the, the true really great actors and the good memorable pieces are the actors who give their whole selves into like, all right, that is an actual real talking frog that I'm talking to. It's not, I'm not paying attention to the person underneath and I can see the top of his head or I can see his mouth moving. I'm playing off this actual puppet like it's a real mm-hmm. fucking thing. It's become kind of a, a status symbol with actors. It's like before SNL was even a thing, like you want to be on the Muppet show. If you're a real actor worth your spit or whatever, like you're acting across from a puppet. Yeah. Um, Take that, on the challenge. You know, any like iconic shot from uh, Muppets or Sesame Street includes like just an, uh, a famous actor sitting down with Elmo or something like that. Yeah. Like you can definitely tell that there's like a couple, there's actually way more duds than standouts of people who can't give it across convincingly. Mm-hmm. Um, like current day uh, Sesame Street, there's always a celebrity guest or something on there. Yeah, and there's some people who kind of phone it in, um, you know, B level celebrities or athletes or whatever who are get them out of here. They're not like super great. But, like, they still try. But, you know, the people who really stand out, like Jack Black or... Um, you want to see, like, Helen Mirren on there with, with the Muppets, you know? I want to see what she can do. Yeah. Put, I want to see Ian McKellen. Could you imagine? I don't know why I'm picking older British actors for all these. Sir people. Ian McKellen. Because American <laughs> actors ain't worth shit. That's why. Oh, Joe, this was this was fun. This was a good um, just rounding out piece. You know, Ryan always teases me of just like, you've never seen Muppet Treasure Island. Like, who the hell are you? This is the one that kind of sticks out. Uh, I mean, there's there's six, seven, eight Muppet major like theatrical releases, depending on like how you're counting them. Um, But this movie in particular the reason i picked it muppet treasure island exists in a window along with muppets in space um where it's in the late 90s early 2000s and this is what i consider like a library vhs we were huge like library children uh (laughs) growing up and so that's where you go to the library once a week and you can uh rent up to five movies and so it was a matter of like everyone go pick out a movie and this was just on the shelf all the time it was that. It was like Magic School Bus. It was the the double VHS of Titanic. Um, that's so iconic. <laughs> what? Um, it's Magic School Bus, Muppet Treasure Island, Titanic. Like you'd only loop. understand if you were a library kid. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> so this... was this always your pick? All all nine of you would go scampering throughout the library, and little Joe would come back with this movie <laughs> every <laughs> single time. This was the Muppet movie that was available. And the thing was, we didn't have, um, like, cable. So we didn't have, like, channels. We had a TV, uh, but it was just, like, VHSs and DVDs, right? And so we have this, like, massive collection of DVDs and movies at our house right now that are not being used at all, of course. Um, 
but we would also go to the library um, to kind of refresh things, and uh, this was one of the ones that was always there, so we would get it all the time. Um, So this is the Muppet movie that I am most uh, familiar with, and it also ties into, I mean, this is our Muppet miniseries. We're going to talk about Muppets, but I want to get into piracy as a concept um, Mm. and dig in because I love pirate movies i i sent you a whole text thread about this we were texting about this like pirate movies are just like the ultimate adventure films i have a deep deep love for the first three pirates of the caribbeans oh, yeah. uh, those hold a very special place in my heart um you think about those you think about treasure planet uh treasure island peter pan it's always this story of like piracy as a way to escape uh, the doldrums of of modern life and kind of go against uh the expectations of society right um yeah p- pirates were like like the bikers i want to get on a ship and just like go explore the edges of the map you know like yeah. e- even watching this movie like i want to go to the the damn island you just want to hang out eat bananas and maybe get some some cool raw pork <laughs> kind of a thing like like it is it's heavily romanticized like being a pirate or having to deal with actual pirates back then in like the 1700s was probably horrible like horrific oh sure yeah like very smelly obviously smelly Just riddled with disease like, everything's gangrening uh, everything's yeah. rotting um yeah but they were probably having a great time they were loving it just sailing on the high seas getting sunburned and not even really caring Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just shoe bag leather, just just ripping over the ocean, just having just just guys being dudes. The swashbuckler genre is is uh, one of my tops. Uh, it's it's very important to me. Yeah. Um, so hey, before we go any further, let's do two things. Let's let's uh, let's do the trailer. Okay. We'll do a cheers after that. And then the third thing to, to top it off, and then we'll just dive into all the conversation. I'll give you the I'll give you the plot. Wait, let me let me, let me hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, let me give you some film stats real quick, and then we'll jump into the trailer. Okay, okay. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island uh, released in 1996, uh, February, directed by Brian Henson. We were talking about son of Jim, um, based on the classic Robert Louis Stevenson book. Stars Tim Curry, Billy Connolly giving a insane performance. Um, Jennifer Saunders, who I only noticed this go-round was Jennifer Saunders. Kevin Bishop uh, playing Jim. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a variety of voice actors and puppeteers, including Frank Oz. Absolutely. There's the connection, yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Frank. Um, That's right. Scored by Hans fucking Zimmer. I um, saw that, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. Helped by Harry Gregson Williams, who did, like, the Chronicles of Narnia and The Martian. Uh, oh. Really good music in this film. Yeah. Um, made $34 million. Uh, that's only the domestic number, though. I don't know how much it made internationally. Against a budget of $31 million. So it was a nice little... Uh, it made a little bit. There. Yeah. Um, and it was positively reviewed and released in theaters. This movie released in theaters. Uh, you gotta love the 90s. Bring it back. Right? Just just put everything in theaters again, folks. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Um, Lay the trailer on us. Let's, let's, let's see this. I'm gonna... I'm going to slap this on you. Here we go. And we don't have audio. <laughs> well, you know, if if you can just imagine uh, there being a trailer in that spot, 
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna show the trailer, and Justin's going to narrate what is happening in the. Oh, trailer. here we go! I love that idea. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. Let's try this one more time. All right, so it's a sunset. Oh, and they show the treasure at the beginning. Anyway, so there's some pirates on a boat. Oh, and there's some treasure chests, and there appears to be an admiral. Oh wait, nope. It's it's just kidding. It's Captain Smollett. It's it's uh, none other than Kermit the Frog. Uh, unfurling the the sails, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna go on an adventure." And there's Jim, and he's like, "Yeah, I can't wait." And Gonzo's turning the the thing, and Rizzo's just just there for fun. Uh, and oh, there's Billy Bones, and he's talking about something. And Tim Curry's laughing, and he doesn't have a leg; he only has one leg. And he's like, "It's not a big deal. I'm gonna own a restaurant one day. That's fine." <laughs> and there is Gonzo just having a good time. Oh no, someone has a sword to Kermit's throat. There's Fozzie being a, a typical Fozzie. Uh, I don't remember this scene. That scene was cut. Uh, oh, and some crazy pigs uh, are stomping around, and they're all tied up. And who's it going to be? What's the big reveal? Uh, they're having some riffing back and forth. And wouldn't you know, it's Miss Piggy in all her glory. And uh, Kermit is takes a big gulp, and oh, man, she's going to smack the shit out of him. And yeah, <laughs> It's great. He hits a gong, and he says it's an old girlfriend. It's hilarious. And then they break into song, and adventure and whimsy there's sam the eagle there's a a fun dance number uh let's see there's beaker uh and bunsen uh again more more adventures of a boat on the uh out in the the ocean puppets flying everywhere tim curry can't believe it there's a crustacean and there's a pig and a frog hanging out and they're fighting they're beating up people and she kisses them how fun and that's the one that that doesn't end muppet treasure island come into a theater near you uh, 1996, folks. We'll, we're going to run some polls, but this may be how we have to do trailers <laughs> going forward. We'll see how that plays with the with the audiences. With with the folks, yeah. Let us that know. That was incredible, Justin. Well done. Can that um, can that be considered my plot as well? No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, that was a description of scenes. You're going to give me an actual plot, which we can knock out. Are you are you improved out, or are you ready to give a plot description? Dude, I'm never improved out. Yes, and hell yes, yes, and me, daddy. Okay, um, I'm going to give you one minute, as is tradition, and you will give me a plot description for Muppet Treasure Island. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's just get into it. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island centers around the uh, tale of Jim Hawkins, a young lad. He's uh, uh, he's hanging out with Billy Bones. They're good friends, and Billy tells them of a of a, a you know legend of this treasure on this island. But be wary because we were double crossed by a by a pirate. And, but here's the map. But I'm gonna die, and it's really traumatic. Um, anyway, the pirates come in. They jump on board because they're like, what else are we what else do we have to lose? Uh, they, they run into Fozzie and he's the financier and he's a big dummy. Uh, and then Kermit comes in and takes over the ship and they go to the Island and there's Tim Curry. He's in the, he's in the bottom. He's the, he's the lowly cook, but it turns out he's the bad pirate. He only has one leg. Um, so then they get to the Island and he double crosses everybody. They try to find the treasure, but it's not there, but turns out the treasure and piggy was there the whole time and they maroon him. There is a mutiny. Uh, and everybody wins at the end, honestly. I know you were so close to saying the real treasures, the friendships we make along the way. <laughs> the, and the heartbreak that comes in, too, of, of the friendships that you that you bear. But that one friend turns out to be a just a shysty pirate. <laughs>
It's a deceptively hard plot to summarize. There's there's a lot of back and forth that happens in like the last 30 minutes uh, of this movie that is almost two hours long. It was uh, a long movie. We had to it watch it over the movie. course of two nights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you got the bones there. Uh, pretty much like we were talking, like pretty much every version of this story follows that uh, structure, right? Mm-hmm. So Jim gets a map. Um, uh, pirates are after it. The pirates are part of the old crew of Flint who hid the treasure and then killed all the people who helped him dig it. And then um, there's some good people on the ship that he teams up with, but the pirates also figure out a way to insert themselves as the crew, and then they eventually take over the ship when they get to the island. And there's kind of a back and forth almost of, like, will Jim join up with them uh, because uh, he's kind of taken a shine to the pirate life versus will he kind of grow up and stay true uh, to himself? And what role does treasure really play in all of this? Um, Because the treasure as a concept is, it's a weird kind of MacGuffin. You never, you, we see the treasure in like one scene, but it's always almost something that they're just constantly chasing, right? Yeah, I forgot about it until the very end. I was like, oh, yeah, right, there's You never treasure. really think about, like, what are they actually going to do once they have the treasure? Like, how do they sell this? Like, in so many of these pirate movies, like, the treasure is the goal, but you can't, like, eat gold. So, like, what 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 are we doing yeah. with it? Is there yeah. a market uh, that we're going to get rid of all this? Where does the treasure come from? Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff. And it's simple, and you don't have to worry about it, and that's why I love these movies. Yeah, they they just take you along for the adventure, and you you're there for and as a person who had never seen it before and was also not very familiar with the story, you know, mm-hmm. I was I went along with the adventure and I experienced the double cross and the you know the 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 kind of like Vader Luke Skywalker kind of betrayal at the end, you know, and there's like join me kind of a thing, you know, like we can be friends, we can be pirates, Jim, come on. It's these it's these themes of, you know, the call to adventure versus the the dragging down of responsibility and which way are you going to go to as you come of age, you know, it's 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 very present in a lot of these classic works. I love 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 how you are first and foremost experiencing this iconic piece of literature. As a Muppet movie, yeah, um, right. Well, I mean, honestly, the 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 cherry popping actually happened with Black Sails. To be <laughs> to be frank about it, um, is there I a did, treasure in Black Sails? Like, is that the basic concept there? So we didn't get that far into it, but it is the general basis around the whole lore. Mm-hmm. There is like you find he's kind of like a um, not Jack Sparrow. Game of Thrones. He's uh, uh John Snow. He's kind of John Snowy. John Snowy. Okay. He uh, the the early years of John Silver mm-hmm. before he's long John Silver. You know, he still has two legs, kind of a thing. <laughs> it's his backstory, and it's the whole like conquistador stuff and the historical pieces and the British and all that. And um, we didn't get too deep into it, but yeah, there's Blackbeard. And, and, and all the other big name pirates. There's a bunch of, and I learned this from Ryan too. So it is that it is Treasure Island, but then there's also like sprinkled in like real life pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Calico Jack is one of them, who was a real pirate, plays a role in the story. And there's a couple other people that like play a role in it, and it's really cool. But we didn't get yeah. too far in it, but that was kind of my first introduction. I was like, oh, okay, Treasure Island. I've heard of it, but I don't really know the story. 
I mean, there's a lot of pirate lore to build from that actually, like, historically happened. I think Pirates of the Caribbean does that to an extent, too. Um, yeah. Like, they, they eventually introduce Blackbeard as, like, an antagonist in, in one of those movies. Um, Is that the one where it, it turns out it's uh, uh, the guy from the Rolling Stones? No, that's his dad in um, Pirates of the Caribbean, so that's, like, a sparrow. But Blackbeard comes in with the Penelope Cruz movie where, like, he's her dad. It's... They lost me. One. They lost me, and I I have seen the first two or three, yeah. but they're all one big movie to me. The first three like definitely have their faults. I get people's complaints with them because they're like so up and down and heightened and stuff. But like they at the very least are a, a solid trilogy. Like there is a, a start and a middle and an end. Um, and then they just kind of tacked on one-off movies, which I don't think are as good. They kind of did the uh, Fast and the Furious treatment, <laughs> which you know I haven't dug into either. So what are you talking about? Fast and the Furious is a very precariously knitted together um, tetralogy of movies. What do we call it? What do we call a twelve a, um, series movie? A dodecology. Dodecology. Yeah, um, it's been planned since the beginning. Uh, so read yeah, up on it. I, I will. Um, I have a ton of notes that I want to get into. Let's 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 do the cocktail real quick before we're both done drinking these. What do you got going over there? Okay, so yeah, um, I have a green beverage here that you'll see mm-hmm. that it is kind of reminiscent of a certain talking frog. Oh, it's very pretty. Yeah, um, but the ever ever the um, the showman, there is a side piece to it, and it's a little pink pink thing. So what this is called, this is called the Smollett and Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> Remnant, you know, it's it's Kermit and Piggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this and the, the main guy here is uh, vodka, melon liqueur, sweet and sour, and blue curacao to make give it mm-hmm. that real bright green. And then in here is just some um, white rum and uh, cranberry juice. And just I'm going to mix them together because you know that they they were just doing it. We were very much on the same page with this. Um, that's awesome. Uh, what color does it make when you mix red and green like that? You tell me. It's kind of brown now. <laughs> <laughs> does it taste good? Ooh, yeah. I bet that cranberry is really shining through doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you got? Um, okay. Uh, I have what I'm calling a piece of eight, kind of leaning into the pirate side of things. Um, and it naturally has eight ingredients. Um, so it is one part white rum, samesies, one part ginger ale, and then a dash of maraschino liqueur, dash of blue curacao, dash of triple sec, dash of lime douche, dash of lemon juice, uh, and then I'm including ice as the ingredient because I didn't want to put any more else into this. Oh my god. So this is kind of your version of a blue motherfucker in a way? It's like a what do you, what do you call it when you do all of the sodas? It's like a suicide drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I basically we don't have we're we're not fully stocked. I took everything that was on the top of the fridge and um, kind of uh, yes ended myself into a a very boozy liquory drink. It's what a pirate would do. Right. You, know, you start right. with the rum and then you add what else is available to you. You take what you have. Everything is a stew. Um, yeah. And there, piracy is probably more accepting as a culture than any other culture at the oh, time, right? A hundred percent. You know what? I, I have seen and I have read some things that like 
they were probably like the most or one of the more, you know, accepting communities at their time. It's like a, it's a, what is it called when like you, you exist in a society where it's like, it's how well you can do, not who you are or whatever. It's, it's basically the, they, the they socialist you, version. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're socialist in a way. There's a word for it. Uh, it's basically just like, how, what are your skills um, and how can you contribute to this ship? Not like, uh, who were you? What family were you born into or anything? Uh, piracy right, yeah. was very much existing out of the social norms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it, even though, again, fully aware it would have been awful uh, and I would have died immediately if transported back in those times. You think so? I mean, you're crafty. You're funny. You would have made I'd it. I'd be taller than everyone else, um, but I'd get, like, scurvy. Because you don't like oranges? I just, there's no, like, access to oranges uh, there. You know, like, where are you getting the oranges? I need an orange juice. <laughs> Does anyone have any orange juice Tropicana on this Tropicana wasn't around. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't do this. Are you kidding me? And you just jump off the ship and uh, it's tragic. Everything's so salty and sticky. Yeah. Oof smelly oh cocktail hour okay um let's talk through kind of the finer points of this plot i want to talk about so when you talk about like the framing of a muppet movie we've talked about how it's a very clear mixture of these classic muppet characters playing different versions of themselves and then like newer human characters who are also playing in this same world as them and it's not really commented on that like some of us are puppets, some of us are human. Like, it's kind of just like, this is an accepted reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's four main human performances in this yeah. movie. There is uh, the two adults at the beginning, uh, played by Billy Connolly as Billy Bones, and then Jennifer Saunders as Mrs. Bluffery? Mrs. Love, Love it? Something? I yeah, I, something I like can't that. remember how they pronounce it. Um, she's she's the in lady um, mm-hmm. who's funny, and there's like a recurring bit where she she always hears what they're saying even when they're outside. Yeah, um, how does she do that? Yeah. Billy Connolly doing a lot of really drunk, sweaty acting in this film. Kind of scary as a child. Um, that's sure. a man who's like yelling at you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, dies early on has a, basically a heart attack after getting uh the re- he gets the black spot piracy. Yeah. yeah i was uh i was um gobsmacked by that i was like oh they're just killing this guy off immediately in yeah. this children's movie so billy bones iconically always dies at the beginning of the story <laughs> i told you over text how blind pew um, the, the guy who comes and gives him the, the black spot always scared me as a kid, just the way he moves and talks, yeah. which I find kind of hilarious these days, even though, uh, Jonathan, uh, my partner pointed out that he's doing a horrible, um, French, um, impression. Yeah. Um, kind of like I never a realized he was French the entire time. Um, yeah. but also very funny. Um, it's it's reminiscent to did, did you watch Aladdin growing up? Yeah. So when Jafar dresses up as the old man in the prison, yeah, terrifying. Used to terrify me as a child. I I kind of put these two together in my mind as like this is a slightly old person who's very much moving in a way that I find scary. Yeah, like it, it definitely. Yeah, this was a a, a thing in the nineties of kind of just like ickyifying and vilifying old people. Mm-hmm. Like ew, gross, and yeah, he moved. He he moves in a weird way, 
and even just the 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 puppet like makeup and stuff of it you know it's it's really weird (laughs) it is off-putting for sure it's kind of the thing that we noted in our labyrinth episode is that the these muppets haven't been fully disneyfied just yet and so some of these muppets are just like they're fucking ugly looking and they're dirty and like they got like rotten teeth and stuff and like it's not pristine it's not pixar at this point that that was kind of the muppet's signature where a lot of these pirates look like shit yeah it's scary uh uh who's the one who's got like there's a pirate on the ship that has like a big nose and he's kind of has like boils on his face and oh the the random green guy yeah like they're like they're they're leaning hard into the 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 ickiness of it we got we got to run down the scene where they randomly have the roll call on the ship and he announces like 20 different pirate names uh that's one of my favorite spots it's where they go from like uh what is his name like old henry older henry dead henry or whatever uh and it's just dead dead tom versions dead tom (laughs) they killed dead tom (laughs) <laughs> clueless morgan the goat <laughs> yeah so um that's good yeah so we we have this this in as the first set piece um where we're also introduced to our jim hawkins who is always the protagonist of treasure island um one thing i remember about this movie is the kid actor at the center of it not necessarily being great um, and I want to talk about this performance in relation to Jennifer Connelly's performance in Labyrinth because watching it again, I appreciate it maybe a little bit more. He's he's yeah. doing some good work here. They maybe just give him like the most unfortunate singing moments. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> they had him singing maybe two octaves higher for some reason than he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it's the 90s. Um, he was trying, but like you, you compare a performance like this to a performance 10 years previous in labyrinth where they're both kind of these, um, never really seen before child actors, uh, thrust into this world of Muppets and, uh, daunting, uh, older humans, um, and, (laughs) Uh, you can kind of see the evolution there where something like Labyrinth is a little darker. Whereas with um, Muppets Treasure Island with like the Kermit group of Muppets, there's there's a lot more joking happening and you're never really like worried for the safety of this child. No, definitely not. Comparatively to, to Labyrinth, you're like, oh, she might actually get chopped up yeah. bits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then rounding off the cast, um, uh, you've got Jim Hawkins. You have um, Tim Curry as um, Long John Silver. So he's, I, I'd say he's kind of the name that goes with this uh, movie. Like if, oh, any, yeah. if any name is going on top of um, the poster here, they could do like a Space Jam where they have like Tim Curry and then Kermit the Frog build at the top. Yeah. The same way they have Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, so what... I think I think everyone has kind of a Tim Curry entry point in culture. What would you say is yours? What's your history with Curry? So first of all, I love that this is the social litmus test <laughs> to know who to be friends with and who to keep at arm's length. <laughs> you know? Um, so I do love that this has become a thing. 
I wholeheartedly, when I pictured my earliest memory of Tim Curry, I have two. Um, The main one that I saw over and over and over a bunch of times was from Home Alone 2, where he's Mm -hmm. the hotel manager or concierge, whatever it is in that role. I watched the movie a ton and you know he he's hilarious in that role. He's so good in that as kind of like a just a a barrier sort of like not quite the main uh, antagonist, but a, a barrier for Kevin throughout that him whole movie. Trying not to cry after Catherine O'Hara slaps him in the face <laughs> is so good. It's comedy gold. Yeah, he. Oh man, the 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 face express facial expressions that that man can command is is great. Mm-hmm. Um, a second to like, but barely, and I'm pretty sure I saw this way before um, Home Alone 2, but I didn't know that this was Tim Curry at the time. But um, have you ever seen the movie Legend with Tom Cruise from 1986, I think? No. Wow, no. We're going to add that to the list because that movie <laughs> fucking rules. But he is uh, plays a character called Darkness, but, oh, he, wow. but he's dressed as like the devil. Right, you've seen the pictures, I'm sure, of like he has like these giant horns and he's red, but he's ripped and he has like cloven hooves. Like it's amazing the the prosthetics and stuff. I gotta look this up. He looks incredible. But that is my one of my that is probably my check mark earliest memory of like that's the first thing I saw Tim Curry in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't even know that that was him. Um, but like that's that's a very fuzzy memory. The other one that I have, so it's actually three, is Fern Gully. Oh my god, I was gonna say Fern Gully. Yeah, yeah, Fern Gully as um, what is he? The 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 Hexus. Hexus, yes. And again, like I didn't know that that's who it was, but it was just like this really like borderline sexy, charming. Yeah, bad who would have thought you could be attracted to a pile of mud and slime? Yeah, and you're like, what is happening to me? Yeah. Do I um, like this? I think I do. What's happening? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are my those are my Tim Curry touch points. It's really not a fair answer, but those those are what I got. No, I think that that puts you in a great spot on like the the Curry um, spectrum spectrum. Yeah. Uh, it, it gives you a great score. I have a really random Curry um, introduction that was kind of like my one Tim Curry role that I knew about for a long time. So, like, getting into adulthood, I knew about, like, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, I knew about, um, what else is he in? Clue. Clue. Um, I didn't watch that for a while. The one movie I did watch all the time because we owned it was the 90s Three Musketeers. Have you ever seen that? Is that the one with Leo? With Harley Sheen and Chris O'Donnell and um, uh, Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, I didn't see that. I did not see that one. The one I'm thinking of is Man with the Iron Mask. Different. Oh, no, 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 no. Related, that's, but different. That's kind of like the quasi-follow-up. Um, no. So no, I didn't see that. Early 90s Three Musketeers, Tim Curry plays Cardinal Richelieu, who's the villain in that movie. Uh, and it's like on the level of like whatever Alan Rickman is doing in Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Ooh, Thieves. Uh-huh. Something similar is happening where it's like, this guy's a vibe and all the comedic moments in this otherwise kind of dramatic action movie yeah. Are yeah. Um, he's so funny he's kind of terrifying in certain uh, moments 
Um, but he's got these one-liners. He's got this weird kind of Jeff Goldblum-esque sexual energy to him, but also, like, you can't really pin down if he's, like, uh, attracted to everyone or no one. Um, and yeah. so having that level of, like, mystery is such a great thing to bring to a movie like this where he has to play a pirate that has, like, an intense level of theatricality to him, mm-hmm. um, but also can in a heightened state form this like actual emotional connection with this kid. Right. He, you can tell uh, some of my favorite parts about this movie um, other than like the Muppet bits where it's just like just the two of them. You can tell the parts where he's almost close to kind of breaking and like relating to this kid on his level. Yeah. And they're talking about like the stars and stuff and he teaches them how to, you know, use the North star. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that shows up in, in, pretty much every iteration of this story is um, Silver um, kind of growing fond of Jim against his best wishes, right? Yeah. He can't help it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely attributed to, to Tim Curry able being able to command the the screen mm-hmm. and the scene. Because, um, you know, like we said, you know, uh, Jim Hawkins, the, the kid actor, isn't as strong as we would like him to be, especially mm-hmm. in the musical moments. But um, in the scenes when they are together, like you said, he obviously brings out some of that, the just natural childlike innocence and things like that, that, you know, kind of disarms and brings and knocks down John Silver a level, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I think it's really great. And like you said, like, those are really good scenes together. And then like when he's when he's at the height of like just campy long john silver it it says something when you're in a movie surrounded by muppets and you're one of the most just expressive characters in the movie um, yeah I, the, everything on his face is just wide open the note that i had is just like the um his only number you know is <laughs> so good it is it is exactly that it is when they get to the island and he he lands on the island and all the the riffraff join him and he like finally like lets lets down his hair and he's just like, Yeah, I'm I'm you know, Long John Silver. I'm this he's, badass he's pirate. The captain. I'm I'm so cool. And that's when he got he starts to strut a little bit and mm-hmm. it's and that's when the charm level turns up a lot. And it's you know, he's like, Yeah, I was a bad guy all along, Jim. Like, sucker. <laughs> you suck, man. I'll I'll touch on the dick joke here then. Oh, hit me. I um, missed it. So Miss Piggy comes into play. It's so funny that she is the stowaway or the castaway on the island who's usually uh, played, who's usually a character named Ben. Um, It's this like old crazy guy who they find on the island in every iteration of the story. Mm. So funny that it's Miss Piggy in this one. Um, They find her. um, Long John Silver comes across her and Kermit and they clearly have a history together. And she calls him Long John Silver. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that, um, but there's definitely a moment that happens uh, between them. I I believe it, you know, and uh, I can't believe I let that one wash over me. Yeah, yeah. Miss yeah. um, Piggy, you know, she's. She well, let's get let's get into the Muppet side of things. Um, obviously, the highlight of this movie is the fact that it is. Um, a Muppet movie and so that comes with kind of all the zaniness we talked about how 
this era of Muppet movies is more like self-referential and like parodying rather than being like an original movie. I did love that about it. So you touched on it, like how the original trilogy and earlier movies were original stories and that kind of stuff and moving them along as characters. Whereas in this era, the the nineties that we're in with these movies, it's they're doing, you know, building off of IP and that kind of stuff. It becomes more Mel Brooksy. Right. And they call it out. Specifically, when they showed the the Swedish chef, they're like, how else did you think we were going to get him in this movie? And it's it's this fun guessing game of like, how is, you know, this character going to show up in this they, story and how are they going to play that kind of character? It's it's great. They reference the fact that they're in a movie comedically several times. There's um, several like classic Muppet cameos where I gasped because I forgot that they were Muppets. The Swedish chef, I think I screamed out loud. Um, <laughs> the band, uh, Dr. Teeth and the, yeah. the guys. Um, that was Electric fun. Mayhem. Um, I also love, I always laugh that there's kind of a side plot of like a modern day rat crew <laughs> happening. That was my um, favorite part, honestly. Just like on the sidelines of everything. Like there's this pirate story happening, but then there's these rats that are just on a cruise on the ship. And so they'll like jet ski by, or they'll be like having dinner theater uh, off to the side. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. The, one of my favorite ones is that they were walking onto one of the sets and there's like over here, folks over here on the <laughs> there's set. There's a tour guide going through. <laughs> on the set of uh, Muppet treasure Island so line up here this way. Hilarious. I, that was one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, Rizzo the rat has always been one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The he plays the same kind of character in any movie that he's in. He's always kind of deadpan and kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Yeah. With the um with the audience. You know, I think he got the line of like, wow, that's pretty dark for a kid's movie. You know, like <laughs> when the guy dies. Yeah. <laughs> when I I like how I like how they typically pair him and Gonzo up, at least in these nineso nineties movies. So you got like in Muppet Christmas Carol, I think they're the narrators. Um, yep. I need to go back and watch. Yeah, Gonzo in... is Dickens. Right. Uh, and then in in this movie, a uh, little behind the scenes action, they were originally going to be named Jim and Hawkins. So they were going to be the Jim uh, Hawkins character kind of combined. Oh. Um, but then the uh, producers were like, we need an actual human face to kind of be the emotional center of this uh, yeah. movie. And so they got uh, the kid actor. Um, and then that was in, a the, smart in the Muppets in space, I believe that takes place in modern day and they all just like live in a house together and they're like roommates. Um, so they they're, roommates. they're good foils with each other. They're best friends. Uh, it's good to kind of have them as the comedic center of this movie. Uh, the same way you have like Kermit and Piggy as a little bit more serious, not serious, but uh, Kermit's a little bit more stoic, uh, but then they obviously have like the romantic center of this movie, yep. um, which always takes you off guard. This frog and this pig, um, completely different sizes. You never see them together and yet they have this <laughs> undeniable attraction to each other. And these like love ballads that they always burst out in every movie. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so funny. Like I, I, genuinely like coming i keep coming back to like the genuine excitement that i had going through the story because i was just like oh yeah shit i forgot about mm-hmm. when is miss piggy gonna show up you know mm-hmm. and like oh there's the swedish chef that's really cool and yeah i i i was along for the journey and had a real good time i forgot about fozzy bear as a character until he showed up he's mm-hmm. so funny um the fact that they just make his character have a man who lives in his finger that he's listening to. 
I mean, the, uh, in like the Treasure Planet version of the story I told you, like David Hyde Pierce plays his version of the character. There's always kind of like a wealthy benefactor who sponsors the ship, but is mm-hmm. always a little bit clueless. Um, God, uh, I think he, I would say he's got the best voice acting in the movie. I love the way that they do his voice. Um, but then, uh, what was my other note? Um, oh, uh, I, I think I realized Bunsen and Beaker are my favorite Muppets just in general. Oh, um, okay. I love their dynamic. I almost wish they had a little bit more screen time, even though they're technically like part of the crew the whole time. Um, usually they get a little bit more back and forth. Um, uh, but they're, they're kind of tied up for most of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Bunsen, yeah. Bunsen and Beaker, uh, uh, I just love just the physical comedy and the, just the sheer shrill shrieking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just me, 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 me. It, it's so funny. <laughs> so funny to me. But yeah, like Gonzo and Rizzo has just like always just risen to the top of me. And even just recently and just watching all these movies over and over again. Um, and, and some obviously for the first time, it's just like, that's really clever. You know, it's always, mm-hmm. you know, Muppets, capital M Muppets is always like green with the collar and it's always like the Kermit show and whatever. Kermit's always been kind of just lukewarm to me. He's he's pretty funny. He's a good leader, that kind of thing. But like I I love the the deadpan um comic kind of relief of Gonzo and Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Uh and then just like the sheer like dad joke kind of stuff of Fozzie Bear just mm-hmm. kills me. It's so and then the the pirate crew, just as a backdrop, it's just jokes on jokes on jokes. So like, many um, jokes. It's such a great mixture of human characters and uh, Muppet characters. We talked about Clueless Morgan being the goat who really just has <laughs> no idea what's going on. Um, um, but so many of the one-liners that we would just repeat to ourselves in childhood are like coming from him, where he's like, what's that song that just played? Like, Cabin Fever? Um, oh, God. Cabin Fever was the standout number. Let's for sure do the music here. Yeah. Um, so this is coming from an era where movies like this are always going to tend to be musicals. Sure. Um, uh, I think, I don't know if, Christmas Carol is a musical like this, but um, the the history of the Muppets is kind of intertwined with music, uh, I would say. And yep. so you get uh, a movie like this where every major character kind of has a number. You get, it's almost like a Disney structure in a way where you start with like the I want uh, music. <laughs> you have yeah. the, the prequel music where it's like the pirates digging the treasure. I love that song. Um, and then you get out onto the boat and, um, there is a number about them just like sailing for adventure on the big blue sea or whatever. Yeah. Just being pirates. Yeah. The big and blue thing. Then yeah. you get into cabin fever, which I think is the one thing I remember most about this movie, because how can you forget? Um, what first, first thoughts. So fun. Uh, <laughs> it was a complete left turn. <laughs> um, I was like, oh yeah, that, that totally makes sense. You know, they're out on the ship for a while. They're kind of starting to be loopy and losing their mind. What's going to happen next? And a it's sun crazy. And it's a full on hula number and <laughs> hilarious. It's so, so fun. So fucking funny. It's so, it, it becomes Looney Tunes for a second. They're all kind of hitting themselves over the head with these massive hammers a little bit. Um, and it, the entire, 
um, ship becomes a disco ball, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and then the sun, uh, the wind picks up and they immediately, it all drops. And they're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I, I really enjoyed that piece. I was like, this is the standout for me. How could this get any better? And then they land on the island and then Long John gets his number mm. and he's just chewing the scenery. Uh, and it's And it's really great. It's so good. It's just like the the idea as of piracy as a way to like hang on to your youth and you don't have to follow the rules. You don't have to grow up. You don't have to like be a part of society. Come steal from folks and have fun forever. Yeah, it's, it's very the, Peter Pan. It's very Peter Pan. It's very Robin Hood of just like, yeah, fuck the establishment. Fuck the man. Let's just go on an adventure, man. Like the ocean is huge. Let's go see what we can find. Let's go. Yeah, just have a good let's go have a good time. It's know? a romp. Uh I love this movie. I love how we talked about like even with the evolution of puppetry from a movie like Labyrinth in the mid eighties to a movie like this in the mid nineties, like they still retain certain physical elements. Like you can see the sticks holding up their arms and stuff. Like they don't really try to hide that because that's kind of part of the experience of watching a Muppet movie is Definitely. having uh this evidence of the puppet puppeteer in place right yeah um let me give you some behind the scenes um info here um so coming off the success of a muppet christmas carol they wanted to adapt another classic story instead of creating an original muppet story like the first uh three so that kind of is where that came from like they they hit it with muppet christmas carol and they're like let's see we're onto something here we can do some classic literature again it's um, really it's really interesting that they kind of stuck in the same era in a mm-hmm. sense. Like I don't I'm not really sure when in history these um pirate stories take place in the 1700s mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Christmas Carol's probably like 1800s. This one's probably 1700s, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, old stories. Right. Right? And right, right, right. I think there it's it's interesting that they chose those for kids stories to make like a kids movie because they are inherently very dark. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you, you read these stories and there's like, there's very heightened themes of like good versus bad, as opposed to like, you're not going to get like a murky gray area. They're not going to do like Muppet world war two or something like that. You know, (laughs) like, um, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to do (laughs) Christmas Carol or treasure Island or like King Arthur was one of the things I know they, they were considering, uh, for a second. Yeah. Sword in the stone, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess being before this is before they were acquired by Disney, that whole kind of thing, the, um, uh, shit, what is it called? It's not the, the, intellectual property but it's the um Copy, what is it? copyright the copyright stuff of like where like winnie the pooh just came into public domain right public domain. like where you can go into like just remake a story just because and i guess you know disney had such a stranglehold on a bunch yeah. of those kinds of stories they're just like i don't know what's left dickens and it's like they can't really do fairy tales and so they have to do um like classic literature like this. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, yeah, like the brothers Grimm, all those kinds of story, those fairy tales and stuff had already been spoken for mm-hmm. or else, you know, they probably would have done that, which would have been really cool. I would have loved like a fucking follow up to this doing like a, um, like an anthology movie mm-hmm. around all of those like grim fairy tales, but Muppets, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at like, uh, so Muppets is pretty much, completely owned by Disney at this point. And they release stuff on Disney plus sometimes and Mm -hmm. looking at what they've come out with, it's 
There's like an animated show around Muppet Babies, I believe, as like a follow-up. They're releasing like a Muppet Haunted Mansion. So it's a lot of like existing IP that they are Muppet-fying. Right. Muppet-fying, basically. But there was also like a a show that they came out with about five years ago that was like an actual primetime show that was a mockumentary. And it yeah. was like The Office. Um, it, and that show is great. They only yeah. they only had like one or two seasons and it was genius. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never watched an episode, but I've watched like clips. Uh, compilations that are funny if you lo- if you loved um 30 rock mm-hmm. um but i've never seen 30 rock but i i know you have You've it's never seen 30 rock i've never seen 30 rock not even a lick um, oh justin that's what this show is it is like the office it is like that it is you know a, a workplace comedy kind of thing mm-hmm. but muppified but it also feels like the original muppet show um, where they're like putting on a show and Kermit it's a show is, about a show. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. It's really genius the way they did it. And it was so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like these newer Muppet iterations. I like the, the newer movies that they've had, but there's something about these like eighties and nineties movies, uh, almost in the way that like the sets are built and everything's kind of like crooked and you can see it's, it's very tactile. It's not clean or sharp lines or anything like that. Yeah. It, we, we talked about in like little shop of horrors or episode, how like there's some sets that look kind of grimy, but you still want to go there and like be there. Oh Um, yeah. I want to go to all the sets in this movie. It looks like a theme park. It looks like, um, it, it looks like they never shot a single scene in the outdoors, even though this entire movie takes place outdoors. It's all on like a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. yeah you uh, and they have like the <laughs> exterior ship shots that they use on like actual water. Um, but I love how everything is kind of canted a little bit. Everything's a, a little bit zany. Everything's yeah. a little bit off kilter. Yeah. It's because um, it's supposed to feel like, I guess you're in a boat, but even still, like when they go to the office of, of like a uh, Fozzie's office or whatever, mm-hmm. it's still like the walls feel like they're this way. And it's, and it's really, it's really wacky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would a hundred percent love to go to a theme park based on Muppet treasure Island. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's like credit to like the Henson company and stuff that they haven't like fully gone Disney yet, but like, there's not really a Muppet experience that you can go and have from what I'm aware of. Like, I'm, I, I think there's like a museum probably that you can go to, but it's not like they're the Muppets are like fully integrated into a theme park environment or anything like that. Not a full theme park at, I think, Disney Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. There's a section of that's dedicated to the Muppets. There's a Muppet ride and stuff like that. There's like a, a Rizzo the Rat pizza joint. And it's it's some pretty cool stuff down there. I think they just uh, stood the test of time. Like they belong to like us. American culture first and foremost before they're even a Disney entity at this point. Absolutely. I totally um, agree. So like they're they're more ingrained in history than uh just being a, a Disney IP. Yeah. Um before we before we close out and round out, I definitely wanna wanna touch on just the piracy mm-hmm. of it all. The mm-hmm. the the pirate um culture and how it impacts children like us growing up you know us millennials <laughs> growing up because they were definite pirate children right uh-huh. there were kids who played pirate all the time and there were kids who had a bunch of pirate toys all the time mm-hmm. were you one of those kids um somewhat so i i told you the story about how uh there was a halloween where my family just went full pirate. I've, I've, I've talked with you about how I secretly have like 80 brothers and sisters. I have, <laughs> I have six brothers and sisters. 
Um, uh, and so it's a household of nine. We're living in the middle of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, in like the suburbs basically. And we decide to like really go for it for the Halloween contest one year, completely deck out our house in like painted foam to make it look like a pirate ship. Uh, my dad's an artist. So like it, it actually looked good. Um, and we're all decked out in like stripes and stuff. Uh, uh, I told you, I think, I think one of us was like a parrot on someone's shoulders. <laughs> we were, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and so very themed, very strong family unit, um, held together. We didn't win because, um, the, the neighborhood was rigged from the start. Um, uh. they were never going to give it to us because we were too alternative and cool. Um, <laughs> but I think we won the popular vote that year. Um, and okay. so, okay. yeah. Yeah, piracy as a concept, pretty big growing up. I think uh, it, it's like you're saying, like you're you're a kid and you get to pick like one of five um, uh, industries that you can just focus your entire um, identity around. Yeah, it's like I'm a pirate or I'm an astronaut um, <laughs> or cowboy or dinosaur. Or, yeah. yeah, 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 that kind of. Yeah, thing. we we tended to pick the more like tactile stuff rather than like. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have a sword before I have a gun, if that makes sense. Oh um, yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. a lightsaber. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. a, a, a cutlass or whatever. Um, so yeah, the idea of like piracy being a way to experience adulthood as a kid without fully becoming an adult is probably um, a way that a lot of kids relate to it. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, um, I, I wasn't a pirate kid, but I remember <laughs> pirate kids being uh, around me uh, i remember going specifically to like a pirate themed birthday party uh-huh. and this kid had like a um he had a tree house already but they outfitted it to be a pirate ship See, and i remember cool. thinking that's really cool but i don't think i would want that like all the time i was more like ninja turtles and stuff like that like that that's that's kind of who i was you were a little sewer kid i was a sewer rat yeah, yeah. um but but I remember friends and it was always those were the more fun toys to play with like the swords and the fake cannonballs and mm-hmm. stuff like that and like swinging on the ropes, uh, the rope bridges and stuff like that was way more fun than you know like playing with like fake toy guns that kind of stuff you know I think I think pirate ships are just like so easily translatable to playgrounds in a way like a playground can become a pirate ship uh, more easily than anything else right absolutely uh, it's very much like you're defending things you're sailing to places it's it's the most applicable applicable genre to childhood yeah, you're just say. having an adventure you know yeah. and you know we talking about like peter pan and stuff and watching movies like hook a bunch growing mm, up hook. you know that that was another like early tactile uh, memory for me of like oh piracy is actually kind of cool, right? I go rob some people. I want to I want to steal. Yeah, you know I want to commit crime, but like get away with it. I want to commit fraud and tax evasion. <laughs> How do I do that, <laughs> mom? Um. All right, we we are coming to the point in the episode where I uh, offer you a a challenge in the form of a game. Um, <laughs> should we should we get into it and then have some final thoughts? Yeah, let's get into it and then we'll do our our Jerry's final thoughts. Kind <laughs> Jerry's of final thoughts. Yeah. Um, Jerry's so so we 
we we're on kind of a trend right now of slightly easier games. I feel like our games got more and more intense up until about April. Yeah. Uh, and then starting with our previous labyrinth episode, we're we're kind of taking taking an easier approach here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game I've come up with is not necessarily point related. You can't really win or lose. It's Perfect. more of like an experience, right? Uh, I'm going to walk you through it. Yeah, I'm I'm um, definitely a participation trophy kind of kid. So yeah, let's do it. So uh, it's called Muppet Takeover. Why don't you play me uh, whatever uh, fantastic monstrosity you've come up with this week? So I I was really excited because I uh, we knew we you know we planned these episodes out. And you're like, Muppet Treasure Island. I was like, I've never seen it. It's a pirate movie. Cool. I get to do a sea shanty. How fun. <laughs> and um, uh, I admittedly had a little bit of help mm-hmm. from Chat GPT. Oh, my God. Helped me with to kickstart the lyrics. I ended, I wrote... 2023, y'all. This is how we do it now on, on the UCU. Um I still wrote the lyrics and the music and did everything, but yeah, this is fun. So check it out. Uh, so I let Ryan watch this last night before we went to bed, and she's like, I have to implore that you do a vertical version to post on social media. Oh, she's yeah. A, uh, Ryan will be somewhat taking over our social media going forward. Yeah, she's um, going to be the social media coordinator because... Congrats it, to Ryan. Yeah, right? Yeah. Congrats, uh, uh, my dear. You get the uh, promotion <laughs> and everything that, that was promised. Uh, because admittedly, Joe and I have kind of slacked off, um, but <laughs> she's going to crack the whip. It's going to be great. The pirate rip. Here we go. Uh, Muppet Takeover. Here we go. In a world of sails and salty air, where pirates roam without a care, the Muppet crew set sail so bold, seeking treasure and legends untold. Ahoy, mateys, we're sailing free, and oh look now, there's Tim Curry, felt and flesh begin to blur. Yo ho ho, Muppet take over. Yo ho ho, Muppet take over. <laughs> so a vast led lover set sail today and joined the Muppets on grand display. Pirate puns and laughs about. Hey, ho, Scallywags, the treasure is found! Shove off, mateys, we sail with glee. Can't believe the bad guy is Tim Curry. Flesh and felt and blood and fur. Yo ho ho, Muppet take over. Yo ho ho, Muppet take over. Joe, oh. I turned us into Muppets. Justin, incredible. I'm going to need a, a, a PNG version of that. Justin created Muppet versions of us. That's perfect. I don't know really who is who, and then we can kind of mess around with who with who's who. But yeah, I made us into Muppets. Bearded, yeah. I, bought us, I made us both into Muppets. That was Ryan's idea. She's like, you have to do that. And I was like, all right, done. <laughs> Fantastic. Muppifying. Uh, we're we're, we're going to post that. Um, so let me talk to you about Muppet Takeover. Yes. Um, this unfortunately has nothing to do with Muppet Treasure Island. So <laughs> your entire theme song is um, ironically unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was uh, it was kind of like a Twitter uh, thing that went around a few years back, uh, talking about like picking movies or franchises 
replacing every character except for one with a Muppet. Yep. Um, and that's what I'm going to do as part of this game. So I'm going to give you 10 movies or movie franchises, and you're going to tell me which character you would leave as the only remaining non-Muppet character in it. Okay. I love it. Everyone else is replaced with a Muppet. I love it. Ryan okay. knew this was going to happen. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. And then as just like an added little fun bonus, I will tell you the character that I picked and we'll see how often we match up. This is great. This is just a fun conversation. It's so fun. It. It's it. bonding time. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll celebrate how we're alike and our differences. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So 10 movies in a row. Uh, you tell me which character gets to stay unmuppified. Okay. Starting with the obvious. The Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Everyone is a Muppet except Sean Bean. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Because <laughs> he's gone out of the first movie and he then it's dies just all surrounded by Muppets crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I picked Gandalf um because I just I, I, I want to see him hurting a bunch of Muppets and I want to see him like towering over them. Yeah, and then yeah, the, the, the scene where they wake up in Rivendell or, mm-hmm. uh, would be hilarious. Just little tiny hobbits. Yeah. Um, okay, let's keep it going. Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Just based off of what you know. Everyone is a Muppet except for Kira Knightley. Okay, nice. Just so she's like full on kissing uh, a Muppet and secretly doing it on a beach, uh, even though they don't show it. With a different Muppet. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's great. Hilarious. And so I guess another piece to this, too. So, like, who would be Captain Jack Sparrow? I'd be know. Muppet Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, I know, so but you're, you're thinking, like, who of the Muppets? Who of the Muppets? Oh, yeah. I mean, it would have to be, like, Kermit, uh, right? Or is Kermit more of the... What's the name of the drummer? Is it Monster? Animal? Animal. <laughs> animal. Oh, yeah. That would actually... That's actually... That's better. Monster. That's better. God. Um, I picked Mr. Gibbs, who is the uh, Jack Sparrow's first mate. Um, okay, uh, yeah. The older yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Number three. Harry Potter. <sighs> Harry Potter. Um... I had to pick a movie. I guess we'll just go with the first one. No, the whole franchise. You can do the whole franchise. The whole franchise? Uh, everyone except for Robbie Coltrane <laughs> as Hagrid. Because he's kind of Muppety anyway. So everyone else is Muppets except for Hagrid. Um, so like at the last movie, he has to carry a lifeless Kermit. A tiny little Muppet. You think Kermit's Harry? Yeah. Uh, I did a little twist here. I picked Harry Potter as the human character. You have Daniel Radcliffe um, the whole time. Okay. I think it's just Daniel Radcliffe surrounded by Muppets in this magical world. That'd be hilarious. Uh, and then Kermit can be Gandalf. <laughs> I mean, Dumbledore. God. Um, okay. Number four. Fast oh, then you, it, well, first of all, hold on. So then you have to watch Kermit like fall in slow motion. Yeah, he'd die. Um, Fozzie is Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, Fozzie's Snape killing him. <laughs> come on fozzy yeah, waka waka <laughs> that's part of the curse yeah waka uh, waka. <laughs> uh i hate okay uh, number four fast and furious right, fast and furious i've only seen the first one once a long time ago i don't know um based off of what you know fast and furious 
whoever uh, Don Dom Toretto is. So uh, not the Rock. What's his name? The you think uh, Vin Diesel should be the human? Vin Diesel is the human. Yeah, I was close. Uh, I picked Michelle Rodriguez as the human. Uh, Ooh, who's kind okay. of his love interest in that? Okay, I didn't know if she was his sister. No, his sister is Jordana Brewster. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Okay. Everyone's kissing everyone in those movies, and everyone has a sister. It's about family, though. Yeah. Um, okay. When Harry Met Sally. Ooh, this is fun, because this is a UCU deep, deep cut. Um, everyone's a Muppet, except for... Uh, what's his name? Joe Kirby? Or, uh, oh, Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby. <laughs> yeah. I went pretty similar. I picked Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's um, perfect. That would be you great. Want, you want the main couple to be Muppets in that case. You want them uh, to be Kermit and, and Piggy, obviously. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you're going to recognize the theme here. Pulp Fiction. Okay. So the ones we do. Okay. Um, Sam Jackson is the yeah. only human. Sam yeah. Jackson is yeah, the only I, right answer. There's no way I'm taking away Sam Jackson from that movie. No. He uh, would... Him delivering that monologue in the diner at the end to a Muppet while another Muppet holds up all the other <laughs> diner patrons. It's so funny. So good. I love it. Um, uh, doing a little switcheroo. The Princess Bride. Okay. So I know that this has also been hotly contested um, on the in the Twitterverse. <laughs> um, the one that makes me laugh the most, I think, is... Uh, Andre the Giant, I think, similar to Hagrid, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just having him with Just a bunch of Muppets around, power him. over all the Muppets. Um, because I think you know, like, um, you know, the the Dread Pirate is too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you want the, the main romantic couple to be of a similar species. Yeah, like because you can easily see Kermit with the the pirate, you know, yeah. sling and like that's that's too too good and. Piggy's the bride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went similar again. Uh, we got a friendship thing going. I went with Mandy Patinkin. Um, yeah. Just mm-hmm. him uh, battling Kermit uh, in a sword fight would be <laughs> fun to watch. It would be. It would be. Um, Although I would now give that that role to um, probably Pepe the Prawn. Oh, yes. The, 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 the large prawn. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you give my father, okay? Be great. All right, number eight, the social network. Uh, <laughs> everyone except Justin Timberlake's character as Sean Parker, because he gets to do a line of cocaine off of some Muppet's tummy at the end of the That's movie. So <laughs> That's the right answer. I said um, everyone except just one of the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> So it's still Army Hammer, but like he has to play opposite of like his twin, and it's okay. So it would be Sam Eagle, right? Is his twin? Yeah. It's it really like existential. Um, <laughs> all right, going all the way back. The Devil Wears Prada. Ooh, ah uh, man. See, because you really want Meryl Streep surrounded, but I think I have to go with. I gotta go with Stanley Tucci. I went with Tucci too. Yeah, you gotta go. With uh, Tucci. You gotta go with Tucci. Okay, last one, number ten. Um. The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Just for his reprisal, and he's familiar. Obviously, it's uh, it's Michael Caine <gasps> as Alfred. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that makes so much sense because he's the main guy in Christmas Carol. Uh, 
I did something similar. I went with Gary Oldman as the uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. But I think both are situations where it's these old guys dealing with Muppet shit all around them. Yeah, just can't even believe it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I would have to be Fozzie, I guess, would be the Joker. Fozzie. Because he's the funny guy. You You think Kermit's still Batman? Either that or Kermit is Commissioner Gordon and Gonzo's Batman. I could see Gonzo Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I would believe it. <laughs> it's amazing. I could also see Piggy Joker. Like that that's a world that I could see happening. Yeah, I don't want to see her blown up. Um Yeah. 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 Um oh wow. Now I'm thinking like Fozzie Two Face. There's there's so many ways that you can go about this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, don't forget folks to to like what is it like subscribe and like rate review subscribe rate like review it. subscribe do all that comment and then who would you put in those those movies yeah you know? who would you change up and leave tell us how you would play muppet takeover um ucu edition absolutely justin muppet treasure island any last thoughts it was such a treasure to <gasps> be able to watch this movie and i you know uh, I admittedly came to the Muppet Party later in life, mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of my wife. Um, but we are have you know since righted the ship, and we are raising our own new little Muppet fanatic in the house, uh, the right way as God intended. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's all there is to it. I had such a blast with this movie, like I said multiple times, because I wasn't familiar with the story, so I was just as surprised as everyone else was in 1996 when this movie came out. It's such a great time. Uh, I'm glad we got to have a little bit of a pirate corner, and I hope we keep the vibes going at some point with uh, Treasure Planet, because that is something I really want you to watch. Yeah, we'll definitely try and weasel in a, a, like a mini-sode in the coming months to mm-hmm. kind of tack on a lot of these pieces that we've talked about over over several episodes we have a lot Um, of one-off ideas yeah we do have some one-offs that we need to just connect the dots so real quick before we before we leave um uh so this is the end of the month uh we're we're leaving muppet mayhem and we're getting into june and june you know what that means kids it's time for pride month target yeah, cowards. Not Target. Not Target. <laughs> we so, can only watch movies that feature Target. There are so few. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Pride Month, so we're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna get a little gay with it. We're gonna get some gay cinema up in get here. A little queer. Get a little um, queer with it. So I'll keep mine a secret. Why don't you? Why don't you preview yours? So we originally were gonna do interview with the vampire, mm-hmm. starring Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Um, cause I was trying to come at it from like a, a bisexual point of view of like, what's like a bisexual tenant movie. And that's one of them. Yeah. Um, turns out it, uh, another one that is just cemented, uh, is, uh, in, in the culture is obviously the mummy. Mm-hmm. Right. That, um, that is known as like huge, uh, bisexual staple. Absolutely. So I was trying to comb through the, the backlog of all the movies that you haven't seen that I have. I was like, interview the vampire. That's great. That that totally plays. Um, but luck be a lady and and <laughs> thrust herself into our lap. The the Plaza Theater in Atlanta gave us a shining star moment where they're showing a movie that Joe hasn't seen that is also queer cinema. It's great. It is Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan, starring Natalie Portman. We're gonna get 
horror this Pride Month. We're going to talk about scary mind shit. Scary. It's going to be so good. And it's such a fun movie. And I'm glad we're going to go see it in person. Uh, you know, again, just for the, the vibes. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those movies that m- I saw it in theaters. And we'll talk about it. But like. It's it's just so unsettling to see it. It's going to be a real culmination again of like a lot of our uh, miniseries so far because huge Oscar movie. Uh, we can talk about you know the Portman of it all, the cutest yes. of it all, the cutest. And then obviously we'll talk about uh, that '70s show uh, in and of itself there too. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Stay tuned, uh, and then we'll be posting all these kinds of fun things now that we have a brand new capable way more invested social media manager she makes a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year at this job she is breaking us y'all yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it it's worth it we need someone to manage this budget <laughs> yeah next up we're gonna hire a treasurer <laughs> <laughs> somebody all right good times well we will see you next time for black swan take it easy y'all and muppet Mupp be made the muppets be with you muppets out